conversation with in fact can I ask you guys to both introduce yourself is that okay I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here absolutely I'm happy to kick things off I'm Lily Workner I'm the editor of a new book releasing with Rebel Girls titled Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls 100 Real Life Tales of Black Girl Magic and I am Kashawn Thompson I am what they call the mother of hashtag black girl magic because I founded the uh, I coined the hashtag uh, some years ago and I helped Lily put this book together so you mentioned that you coined the term black girl magic which is like viral it's it's everywhere um can you talk to us about that for I mean I don't know who wouldn't know but somebody might not so if we were describing what black girl magic is to somebody who doesn't know how did you come up with the hashtag and what does it mean to you I guess when you started the whole concept and also now okay so Black Girl Magic is actually something that I always believed in since I was a little kid um, because I grew up around a lot of Black women. My mother has uh, five sisters and my grandmother and I have a, a bunch of cousins. And I uh, was one of those kids who thought that uh, things that I didn't understand in real life were magic, especially if they were great. So I thought that the things that I saw my mother and her sisters and my grandma and my cousins do, I thought black women were magic. So I was like, oh, black girls are magic, you know? So fast forward to my life where I grew up still thinking that, still like using that in my mind to describe, you know, the power and confidence and resilience and beauty of black women. Um, I just said it on Twitter one day in what, 2013. And it kind of took off from there. I started saying black girls are magic, but then it got truncated, it got shortened a bit because way back when we only had like 140 characters to work with on Twitter. So it got shortened. And um, before I knew it, it had turned into this, this movement of sorts. Um, a lot of women and girls were sending me messages saying, thank you, thank you for coming up with this term, this language that gives us a way to celebrate ourselves, you know? So ever since then, it's just been the thing that we say to, to describe ourselves when we're really feeling ourselves, no matter what level, what type of exposure or what have you. We just say, you know, we, we, we're magic, black girl magic, hashtag black girl magic. And, you know, it's been used millions of times over different platforms to just, you know, highlight how awesome and fierce we are in every way that we show up. So having Rebel Girls come to me and ask me to be a part of this book they were planning, do, planning on doing around real life tales of Black Girl Magic was just an honor. And um, I'm still pretty flabbergasted that it's an actual thing now, <laughs> that that book itself and that, um, with my background in education that it's being targeted to children. So it, it really is like amazing to me and I'm happy to have been a part of it. I think that was such a beautiful answer. Um, I also love to hear the story from the source as well, because over here in the UK, Black Girl Magic is as big of a, as a thing as it is in the US. Um, and I don't know if we always understand the impact 
that certain things have like, you know, just having 140 characters, but still wanting to describe and embody such a thing. In the, introdu in the introduction of the book, Lily, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned that the book covers women from different continents with different complexions, hairstyles, religions, backgrounds, and professions. Why was it important to you to note that at the, at the top of the stories? Yeah, um, thanks for asking. And thank you, for Sean, for um, defining Black-owned magic. Um, you know, I, for me, my whole background has been in Black media. So the way I've seen and covered Black women's stories in particular has always been very intentional. And I was on the other side, right, of seeing the rise of Black, Black Girls Matter, of Black Girls Are Magic and Black Girl Magic itself, the actual hashtag populate over time and to write and report about it in a really intentional way um, through different platforms. And now through this book, which is a totally different medium, right? Specifically catering to kids was, um, was a really unique and special opportunity that I think um, doesn't come around too often, right? And especially not when you're working and collaborating with a creator of a movement that you've also admired and reported on for many years. So it was very much a full circle moment um, and an awesome thing to do. But one of the hardest things to do was also to narrow down the stories, right, to just 100 women. And to do that, you know, we did want to make sure that the stories we told and the women we included showcased the breadth of Black women, right, in terms of how broad we are in our accomplishments and the ways we show up and the ways we look and the things we've done, and that kids everywhere are able to see the ways that we present ourselves and the ways that we are um, the ways that we show up and the things that we've done. And that's why it was really key for me to highlight that in the introduction so that people knew up front before they started flipping through the pages that yes, some of these names you may know, but a lot of these names you may not know. And they span, you know, uh, many, many centuries of time, right? Many different professions from creators to leaders to innovators and champions. Um, and you know, from all over the world. And that was a critical component of creating this book, as well as how the book was created, right? It was, um, it's been a collaborative effort, not only between Kashan and I, but also with um, the contributions of over 60 different Black women illustrators and, and non-binary women or people to contribute to this book and the artwork. Um, we had over three other Black women writers contribute to this book. Um, so it's really created by Black women from cover to cover and talks about and really celebrates the diversity of Black women, um, both in the stories we tell and in the women who helped to make them. I mean, those two answers alone have answered all my questions. <laughs> We're going to keep talking. Um, so I want to take it back a bit. Kushan, in the forward, you spoke about some of the more personal elements of Black Girl Magic. Uh -huh. So you spoke about things like pies being baked and stories being told and braiding. And that's what you saw as magic. Um, what did you want the younger readers to understand from you know, the book, but also about you when you started to share those kind of things? Um, I definitely wanted everyday Black girl magic highlighted. Um, it was really important to me that we included stories of girls and women who we could possibly just pass in the grocery store, be sitting next to in class, or live in our homes with us. So I talked a lot about my, in the forward, I, I referenced my grandmother and I referenced my sister and uh, my aunt. 
who are all like um, dynamic women that have been a part of my life, my whole life. And I wanted that people understood that Black Girl Magic isn't necessarily about being a celebrity or having, you know, earned a lot of degrees or a lot of money or any of those things. It's about showing up the best you are in everything you do and how important that any contribution you have to the world is regardless of your social status or your economic standing and that kind of thing because um that was how i first saw it i first saw it in, in the hood at home with my friends with my family and i want especially the black girls who who read this book to understand like wherever you stand right now you know you you are black girl magic and I wanted to kind of ask both of you actually this question. So I found it really personal just having a look at the images before I even started to like read the words. It was so personal to see so many different illustrations that reflected me and I'm a grown up. So I wanted to ask you guys when you were making the book, was there a part of you that was also making it for the you that would have been the age of some of the readers that are going to have a copy of this? Oh, yeah, I can say for myself, for sure, you know, it's the book that I wish I always had as a kid growing up, um, you know, to be able to have this like collection of stories of women and to see them portrayed in in what I think are really striking and powerful ways. And I can say, you know, speaking to the creation of the illustrations, not only is there diversity in the women that we showcase, but there's also diversity in the style of art that is included, right? And we wanted to tap different illustrators from different backgrounds and different modes and mediums of art um, who have mastered that to contribute to this book to showcase that, yes, we are Black women, you know, uh, fensters like Iptahaj and Black women storytellers like Toni Morrison, but we're also amazing illustrators who can design and create things that look like the pages and illustrations that we have in the book, right, that really can, um, showcase the talent and the ways that we can, can sort of display and, and showcase our art. Um, and so that was really um, key. And it was also a very thorough and detailed process. Almost every illustration in the book went through eight different rounds of uh, you know, feedback and revisions to make sure every, you know, curl was correct and every complexion was spot on and every body image and size was accurate and that we portrayed these women in the best light, right? Because not only are we telling these stories, you know, through the written word, but also visually, and we hope these images, you know, stick with girls and people who read them to not only see themselves reflected, but to also see the power they exude, right? And to feel like the glory that comes through the, the ways that they are um, portrayed on the page. So that was a very key and intentional part. And I think the artwork is what really makes it one of the key parts in, of the book that make it stand out. Um, and yeah, it, that was, you know, a very thorough, thorough and tedious process, but I'm, I'm glad we went through that because um, that level of accuracy, I think is, is really important. Yeah, I have to say for me being like not an artist, but knowing exactly why the pictures needed to look the way they look now. Um, I remember being very, um, I don't wanna call it nitpicky, but I was very determined to have uh, Dominique Jackson portrayed accurately as a black trans woman I think part of her story is her transness so I wanted to make sure she looked 
how she looks, you know? And I remember going back and forth with Lily and uh, probably somebody else about, no, the cheekbones have to look like this. And I was like, how can I describe this? How can I describe this to make sure that they get her angular face exactly the same? Because in my mind, there could be a child who needed to see that part of themselves represented. And I wanted to be like, as accurate as possible. So it, for me, it was like super important that everybody looks like, you know, they look like they actually look or looked in life so that the people reading the book, even if it may be a child who can't quite decipher words yet, the image itself was what they could, you know, I teach early childhood education and the, most of my kids can't read yet. So, but the pictures are what tell the stories to them. So it was super important to me that the pictures were like vibrant and accurate and represented the breath, like Lily said, of who we are as black women and girls. I think something that I just want to touch upon before we start talking about the words and, and all of those very beautiful stories is the fact that I noticed that all of the images showed, like you said, the breadth and the glory, but also like the difference. We always hear about the idea that black women are not a monolith, but usually we aren't given as much space to be so diverse within our black girl magic and within our black womanhood. So was that something that you guys were conscious of when you chose the different people? You know, there are people of different abilities, different gender identities, different um, socioeconomic statuses as well. Was that something that visually you, you put into it or was it that you found people different stories and then kind of went from there? I think it was a mixture of the two I mean we definitely you know just as much as like a lot of the effort we put into was the storytelling aspect right like making sure we told the truth of the upbringing of these women mm -hmm. the experiences the trials the tribulations the things that they persevered in the words themselves and they're you know they're short and sweet stories about 250 words um, and sort of told in this fairy tale style format to sort of reclaim the ways fairy tales have been told traditionally, right? Which um, aren't always rooted in reality. So the stories really help to capture that. But visually, yes, I mean, again, it, it, it came down to, you know, what is the best way we can portray the power of this woman and how can we showcase her full truth in this picture, in this one illustration? Um, you know, should she be doing an action pose? Should she be, you know, is it a candid moment of her in the middle, you know, as she's doing her artwork? Is it a power pose? You know, um, and with, you know, my background in media too, like I understand the value and power of images, right? And how they stick with us, not only as kids, but also as adults and how those, um, how that plays a key role in how we interpret and perceive reality. Um, and so, yeah, I, th I think every part of that, of each woman's truth was taken into consideration. And to Kashan's point, you know, to make sure the book carried through the spirit of Black girl magic, we wanted to make sure that, um, you know, we weren't just showcasing, you know, the, the famous and the elite Black women, right? That we were showcasing everyday Black women doing remarkable things, um, you know, women who are mechanics and pottery makers and cooks and you know who have con who have found their purpose and passion in life and really honed in on that and um, have been able to build a legacy that we're able now to carry on through this book that was actually my next question <laughs> perfectly answered it I was going to say to you you know I noticed that a lot of the stories not just some but 
not like when I say some, I, don't, I mean, not just a small proportion, a large proportion of the stories were about black women that were in industries that unless you have an interest in that industry, you might not really know about our mark being made in those industries. And I think that, like you said at the top of the conversation, Kashon, the idea that we can have everyday black girl magic and just be ourselves just being <laughs> and and being extraordinary is important but also it's extraordinary just to be um and that was something that I really appreciated and noticed especially as a parent myself I felt like you know before any of the children reading this become their extraordinary adult selves they will just be kids who were just you know going through their lives and that for me that's always been uh, a sticking point that I want everybody to understand about what Black Girl Magic is or what the movement is about. It's not about becoming, you know, the next Serena Williams or any other notable Black woman. Not to say that those things aren't important. They absolutely are. But the majority of us will be, you know, caregivers and mechanics and teachers and uh, writers. And, and to understand that those things are just just as significant in the world as Michelle Obama, you know, or any other black female luminary. And um, it has always been super important to me that every black girl, every black woman feel included when we say black girls are magic, because the thing I say all the time is who are we without all of us, you mm -hmm. know? Nobody gets left behind in, in this book. I wanted it, you know, and I'm so glad that Rebel Girls understood what Black Girl Magic is because we all knew that there would be like a diverse, diverse representation of Black womanhood and Black girlhood in this book without it even having been said. And, you know, I, when I came onto the project, everybody already understood what it was about. And I was like, okay, so let me tell you, I would like to be profiled in the book. <laughs> as well so we were always on the same page from day one and what the result has become is this wonderful book of 100 stories that i think all children but especially black girls will benefit from reading and having you know it read to them and just looking at the pictures so i'm super happy about the culmination of this year-long project <laughs> it has so much richness and beauty in it I think one of the other things that I really appreciate is I mean most of the things I appreciate I think especially as a writer myself and as a parent is the detail of the book I think the stories are so incredible and so powerful but I think the fact that some of these stories are like for example there's a mechanic here called Sandra and she's from Nigeria and I don't even know how you guys decided where to go and source all of these different women and their stories but You've got women from Latin America and, and places where, you know, the Afro-Latin community is in the US a bit more well-known, but outside of, of the US, it's not as well-known. And so shining a light on all of these different communities and, and different people. Did you guys originally think we're definitely gonna make sure that we talk about Black Girl Magic outside of the US? Because I think a lot of the time when we think of these conversations, we only include people from places where they're like Western countries and we don't actually go back home, you know, back to the source, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
part of the beauty of Black Girl Magic is that it is a global movement, right? And mm-hmm. although we may feel like the media saturates um, the, you know, is oversaturated with stories of Western Black women, right? Or American Black women, there, it exists all over the world. And not even right now, but over time, it's always existed. And part of our duty with this book is to uplift stories of women of the past, to uplift stories who are of women who are unknown or little known, and to incorporate them in this book alongside, you know, the Viola Davis and the Ava DuVernay's and the Issa Rae's of the world, right, who are phenomenal and should continue to be celebrated, and young girls should know about them, right, Um, but there's also women like Chido Guevara, who's a mushroom farmer, and, you know, Empress Teitu, who's from Ethiopia, which is my home, my native country, and you know that 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 those stories are just as critical and important for people to really understand the scape the scale of Black women and the impact we've had over time around the world. So yeah, it was very intentional. You know, to be um, you know we started off with a list of like four to five hundred women and had to narrow wow. it down. It was tough, you know, to sort of determine, you know, how many women from different countries from different time periods and it starts, you know, all the way back in the 16th century um, with uh, Queen Nzinga and so to be able to start there and come to present day with women as recent as Amanda Gorman, right, who, who spoke on the inauguration stage just this past year um, is, I think, you know, was key and critical and amazing and speaks to the fact that, you know, we have done and have always um, contributed to the fabric of the culture we live in and the cultures we live in. And um, yeah, I think that's important for kids to know that too, because it's our duty now to pass on these stories to them, right? Because, and we have to be intentional about letting them know about the people who came before them so that they can be inspired by dreams that will help drive the future. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I was going to ask you guys, actually, because I noticed that the end of the book, you guys also have um, stories of black women from the other rebel girl stories and volumes as well. So I did wonder, was it hard for you guys to only choose 100? I mean, there's like there's so much magic. (laughs) So I did wonder. (laughs) There were so many stories that we wanted to feature. We could do like two more volumes of please do (laughs) (laughs) it really could I mean it was really hard to narrow it down because black women have been like amazing for a very very long time (laughs) so it was so much for us to choose from and and whittling down was not an easy job but I think what we ended up with speaks to the true mission behind the book and it was just to highlight these incredible stories in ways that kids everywhere, but especially Black girls could relate to and see themselves somewhere in this book. Like, I don't think there's going to be one Black girl that picks up this book and can't find something she can relate to in the book. Um, is I mean, any kid, any kid can pick this book up and like, this is amazing. This is what I want to do, or this is how I feel, or I've done this, or I'm feeling that right now, you know, so just having that like I don't even think you realize how big this is for me it's 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 really huge for me personally (laughs) to like have my name on the front of a book and having created something that's gonna you know uplift and teach children 
uh, for generations, I hope. So sometimes I just get completely speechless about it and just reclaimed about it. And I, I'm just so happy about what we've been able to put together, you know, Lily and I and all the illustrators and all the other authors. And I'm just like incredibly proud and I can't wait to have kids have this book and, you know, give us feedback about it. I wanna hear what the kids have to say, honestly. So you guys did your first event. How did you find it? Um, we we had a great time. It was the best part was talking to the girls. Like everybody, you know, came, bought their book, and we had our Q and A, and we did photo ops, and the girls used our props, and we had a DJ and stuff. But when we sat in the bookstore, I actually did some of the signings. The girls would come up and tell us like their hopes and aspirations and dreams and the things they wanted to be when they were when they grew up. Like one girl said, she wanted to be a cardiothoracic surgeon and one girl said she wanted to be a veterinarian or a youtuber and we decided that she could be both you know yes <laughs> and um one girl came and told us she was about somewhere maybe nine I guess but she already started writing her book and is about to be published she had this great like uh sci-fi fantasy concept going on the store. I say, oh, your story has layers. When, mm-hmm. when can I order? <laughs> you know, so they are well on their way to realizing their magic. And it was just great to get to talk to them. It was even like little babies. Like it was one two-month-old baby. Oh. <laughs> her parents kind of like held her up over us to take the picture and they bought her book. So it was fun. It's so sweet though, because, you know, there are babies who get to like, they will never know a world that didn't include books like this which is so powerful especially when we grew up in times where there was limited or no access to these kind of stories right it's got them in abundance as well but I wanted to ask you guys as well did you have um anybody in your lives that was younger than you as in like the age of the readership or just personally that you would you know run parts of the book by or you know ask them if they felt like they could relate to it or you know people they wanted to include Well, for me, um, my daughter was my sounding board. She's 27. And um, she just wanted to make sure that I thought of myself. You know, she was like, mommy, who do you like? Or who, you know, who's important to you? And, you know, think of yourself. Make sure you can see yourself in the stories as well. You know, so um, that was, she was my, you know, my editor de facto, I guess while I was working through it, you know, just let me know, you know, even just, oh, wow, that's a great idea, mom, you know, encouraging, you know, saying, oh, that's a great idea, or did you think about this person, or who who do you want to see, do you want to see yourself, who represents the things that are important to you in the book, so she was always there for me to, like, talk to about the process. How about for you, Lily? Yeah, I mean, I um, have a lot of nieces and nephews in my life that, um, I thought of as I was creating this book and um, it's funny because two years ago to the date that I released this book that this book is coming out around this time in 2019 I went back to my school um, in Manchester in the United (laughs) Kingdom where I grew up um, and crossed the pond and spoke to um, my primary school and students there and so it's kind of a crazy full circle moment 
um, and the school I went to was Claremont Primary School, and it was, this, you know, the students I spoke to are mostly um, immigrant students, students of refugee families, um, a lot of black and brown faces that I spoke to who are the core demo of this book, and so it's surreal now to now have a book that really directly speaks to them and to the book, you know, to my younger self, too, and uh, it's sort of the book that I wish I had as a kid um, growing up to sort of see myself reflected in the pages um, and stories of so many amazing women. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of young folks in mind that I had in mind in writing this book. And, um, you know, Rebel Girls has done tons of research and surveys of parents and kids themselves to ask them, like, what is it that they'd like to see? Mm-hmm. And so we took all, so all, all that feedback um, into consideration to making this book. And what was your process for choosing the women that were covered in the book? Because I know you guys said you had nearly over 600 different profiles to choose from. So did you have a system? We had a lot of women to pick from um, because to us, you know, every, every Black woman is magical. Every Black girl is magical. So we could have, you know, done several more volumes, excuse me. We could have done several more volumes, um, but we found you know, certain ways we wanted to filter the names, um, one by making sure we had enough representation across different professions. So do we have enough creators, enough leaders, enough champions and athletes and enough innovators and, um, you know, scientists and women in the STEM fields represented? Um, And so that was one key way we categorized them. Also making sure we had enough women from different periods of history, right? So we go back as early as the 17th century with Queen Nzinga of Angola to as recent as 2021 with Amanda Gorman. Mm. So do we have, you know, um, fair representation across that, across time? And then also, do we have fair representation across, you know, appearance and the ways women show up in the world? Um, Do we have enough, you know, full-figured women brown skinned, darker skinned women, you know, women with curly hair, women with, you know, different hair textures. Um, You know, we included Afro-Latina women, we, Latinas and Afro-Asian women and um, Black trans women. So we were trying to make it as as inclusive as possible and people who identify across, you know, um, the gender spectrum and across, you know, various cultural backgrounds and countries from around the world, not just Western <laughs> women, right? Yes. And because um, Blackness is global. So we applied a lot of different filters and finally found a way to narrow it down somehow to 100 women. Wow. I mean, you could write a couple more books. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I noticed that you guys chose a diverse range of nationalities as well, like you showcased Black women from all parts of the world. And like you said, not just from Western countries. Did you guys find out about a story or find out about any um, of the profiles featured in the book and the different women that you didn't know before? Because I'm finding out loads. (laughs) Yeah, um, so many of these stories are of women from around the world that I had no familiarity with before so it was it's definitely been an enlightening enlightening process and I hope that the girls get you know the kids who read or anybody who reads it gets as much out of it as I have like I've been working my way through these 100 stories since I got the book and while we had the names of these people I didn't know all of the stories and now I get to read them and like, wow, Black women really are magic everywhere, you know, 
and have been for a very long time because like Lily said, they stretch from like, the story stretch from like the 1700s up to present day. And we have just been like lit forever. Like it's, it's just been so illuminating and heartwarming to see, you know, all of these black women profiled in ways that is accessible to children, but also teaching me as a grown-up, you know, more about my culture and history. And do you do either of you have a story that you um, had as a favorite to research or a story that absolutely had to be in the book? Oh yeah. I mean, there are so many stories that stand out to me and so many women that initially came to mind. Um, but you know, I didn't want it to be biased from just my perspective or just Kashan's perspective. You know, we wanted to make it as comprehensive um, and collaborative as possible. But um, there was a lot of women that I loved um, learning about and wanting to, and wanted to include um, for me because my whole background's in black media and storytelling. I really resonated um, with a lot of the creators in the book from, you know, science fiction legend, um, Octavia Butler, you know, also known as the queen of Afrofuturism. Wild Seed. <laughs> um, yes, love Wild Seed and all her, all her books. Um, and her story is really inspiring because she overcame so much hardship as a young kid, um, you know, overcoming dyslexia and just making sure to believe in herself and, um, you know, publishing her own books to now become, go on to become a legend, if, despite whether people, others believed in her or not. Um, same with Toni Morrison, you know, who was, who started her career off as a book editor and didn't become a published author until later in her late thirties. Um, and, um, you know, there are women also like Ida B. Wells, who is a historical, you know, investigative journalist and legend who spoke out um, and investigated uh, lynchings in America. Two more present day figures like um, Joanne Reed, who is an anchor and TV host, um, news host, who um, is one of my personal inspirations, and I would not be where I am today without her. Um, to Ava DuVernay, who is, you know, telling and amplifying stories of the Black experience through film um, and documentaries and TV shows. So, um, yeah, it was really awesome to get to know and learn more about them. And um, another key one for me was Empress Tay Tubetu, who is from Ethiopia, which is my home country. Um, and she was um, an empress who helped to um, ensure that uh, you know, to help fight off the Italians back in the 1800s uh, to help Ethiopia remain independent and played a key war and strategy role um, in uh, alongside her husband, the King Menelik at the time. So lots of historical lessons, mm. inspiring lessons, um, and yeah, real life lessons for all of us to take away from. But I know Kashan has a lot of personal favorites too. Um, well, <laughs> they're my standouts because it's yes. like so many stories it's so hard to pick a favorite like because every time I read I find something else new but uh particularly I was um really feeling that the story of Mother Claire Hale from Harlem New York who was a humanitarian in the 70s and 80s that took in foster children uh particularly babies who were ill because they were drug exposed before birth and she fostered over 40 children um, by the time she was 64 years old and, and kept taking them in um, as the parents would bring them to her just to soothe them, love them, support them, and help the parents learn how to parent better. 
because that's my back, my professional background is in infant and toddler development. Um, <clears throat> I also really wanted to see something representative of the art of my generation. So I wanted to see um, hip hop. So Roxanne Chante is there mm -hmm. um, as one of the first pioneers in hip hop um, culture. And also uh, because I do enjoy poetry, but I don't know if I want to say in the traditional sense, this poetry just kind of shocking and like makes you catch your breath. And I'm very impressed with Warson Shire. So I wanted her to be a part of it because I first heard her work um, on Beyonce's Lemonade album. So mm -hmm. I wanted her to be profiled as well. So those are the three that stood out the most to me right now. But as I read, I'm like, oh, it was three sisters who were professional wrestlers. And then there was <laughs> Yeah, there's everything in there. <laughs> Yeah, so like no favorites, but every day is somebody else in this, these stories that impresses me beyond belief. So also at the back of the book, I was on the phone to a friend of mine when this arrived today. So I was like, you know, having a flick through and something that I really took note of at the back was the glossary, the definitions that you guys are putting here, I think is so um, enriching for the readers that you've put things in the glossary like the Harlem Renaissance. Now, I, I agree, everybody does need to know what the Harlem Renaissance is, but you've also put that on a page where you also define things like racism and, you know, you have um, explanations of um, gender identities and, and racial identities and people's different um, jobs and time periods. How did you decide what you felt like needed definitions in this book? Yeah, well, all the definitions in the back of the book in the glossary section um, are words that are highlighted throughout the stories that we tell. So as you flip through the book, you'll see some um, words in the stories are highlighted in pink. And so you'll see words like Harlem Renaissance or discrimination or sexism or, you know, key things that we think require further context that mm -hmm. we couldn't fully flush out into the stories or felt like it was a little odd to do that in the story itself. Um, but we want to like, you know, call it out as an opportunity for girls and, and readers to go to the back of the book to look into it and have more knowledge around what it is um, through its definition. Um, and yeah, give them a full bigger, a fuller picture of what it meant to that person to experience that, um, you know, particular uh thing or moment or cultural moment in history like the Harlem Renaissance or what discrimination can look like beyond just the ways it appeared for this one person in this story. Um, and so that was a, a key and essential part of the back of the book. Um, and there are other fun items I think that help to, um, in the back of the book that help to I was just about further to ask learning. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was do. literally just about to ask you. So at the back of the book as well, readers can write their own stories. They can find out about um, Real Life Tales of Black Girl Magic in other volumes of the um, Rebel Girl stories as well. Why was it important for you guys to, I guess, keep that conversation going? Because I think as a parent, especially, it's such a good tool for like expanding a child's imagination when they can immerse themselves into the stories that they're reading. Absolutely. I mean, we, you know, want this book to not only be stories that uh, like kids everywhere can just read, but also to like spark conversations with their parents or whomever they're reading the book with or have around them. 
Um, and one way we want to encourage doing that is through some of the back of the book activities. And, you know, after they've read through the hundred stories, they might say, okay, well, what about so-and-so, or I want to read more about more women. And, you know, Rebel Girls has always amplified the stories of black women and girls um, in previous editions. And so we want to include little blurbs of those women of black women from volumes one, two, and three of the series in the back of the book along with their illustrations so that readers can get a bigger glimpse of what, you know, the different ways and the breadth of black womanhood um, and the ways black women show up. But there's also activities for, for kids to be able to say, okay, well, you know, um, how can I bring, put some of this into action? How can I, you know, write poems like Audre Lorde or how can I, you know, become a champion like Naomi Osaka? Um, and so we give them guided prompts that they can do and that parents can read to their kids um, to help encourage those kinds of activities and behaviors. Um, and then to also make them feel included that they mm -hmm. are also Black Girl Magic, right? And that they should be able to write their story directly in the book and to include an illustration, even a self-portrait of themselves, um, you know, in the book to make them feel as if they are one of them and they can unlock and unleash the magic that lives within them. So those were some of the reasons why we included the, the activities in the back and um, yeah, to call out some of those pages because I think they just helped to make it was important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Sean, I know that you are um, a grandparent and you're not just a grandparent to Black Girl Magic and Black Girls as well. So I just mm -hmm. wanted to touch on the fact that even though it is a, a storybook full of stories about Black Girl Magic, it is really open to all children because I feel like each child could find something in there that they can relate to oh yeah it's definitely for all kids it's for all people you know all age ranges but if you're gonna get this book for uh for your girls it's okay to read it to your boys too if you're gonna you know I think a lot of issues that we have today come from boys not really seeing girls and women as equal and human you know, and I think it's a good way to remind boys and teach boys uh, the humanity of girls and women by showing them that all the <clears throat> all the good things that girls and women do and have done in the world, you know, and that it's, you know, it's okay to have women as role models and anything girls can do, they can do and <clears throat> and these things aren't just for girls, you know, they're for boys and for everybody because Good things belong to all people. My next and all question people deserve good is, things. this is just me being nosy, so feel free to skip. <laughs> but do you guys have <laughs> examples <laughs> of um, Black girl magic that are personal and recent to you? I mean, naturally, I say my mom <laughs> is my first um, sort of uh, Black girl magic inspiration. Um, and my whole matrilineal lineage, I would call out as being my source of inspiration of Black girl magic. Um, you know, I um, am very honored and proud to be of, you know, a descendant of my ancestors and, um, and the daughter of my mother and to carry on their legacies and their stories and however best I can. Um, and I do that, you know, I think uh, most authentically by living in my full truth, right, which I think is what they always wanted for us and for, and for me in particular. So um, yeah, I, those are some of my the closest inspirations of black girl mm -hmm. magic and then yeah beyond that um black women in media who are just using their voices or black women everywhere using their voices and platforms 
to um, to speak out against injustice, to celebrate their most authentic selves, um, to spread radical healing and self-care among other Black women. Um, Kashan is an inspiration to me. So to have you know a relationship with her and to become have worked so closely and built this friendship mm -hmm. over this you know over the course of the creation of this book, um, I learned a lot from her and. Um, yeah, I would call out those women as my personal inspirations. Well, for me, for me, I, um, I want to take the road of uh, self-celebration. I'm just going to say I am. Like, I've spent my life looking up to other women, but now I'm finally the woman that other people look up to. <laughs> yes, you are. And it's um, it has not been an easy road. I have, you know, endured quite a few things. But I'm thankful for all those uh, experiences because it's built me the, to be the person I am today that people, you know, respect and look up to and admire and um, thank every, almost every day someone thanks me for Black Girl, the hashtag Black Girl Magic. And I think that in and itself is Black Girl Magic that I was able to achieve these things, you know, later in life, like this all started the year I turned 40 and I was unemployed and I was divorced and, you know, not sure about a lot of things, you know, at that point in my life. And this has just, you know, opened up a whole new world to me. And I look forward to more years of being, you know, influential and being supportive and bringing more of who I am into the world and becoming more of myself. Well, thank you again today for creating the hashtag Black Girl Magic because we get a whole book out of it that kids around the world, literally across the globe, get to read. Yeah. So I think I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you. I love thank it. You so I love much. it. <laughs> um, and just before you go, where can people find you online? That is sorry, I should have said that. Oh, um, for me, all my socials are on my personal website which is sean.com it needs to be updated now that i think about it because i don't think i have anything on there about this book but you can find all my like my instagram my twitter my facebook and all such things at kashan.com and you can even send me an email if you want to because it's like a contact page and all that stuff so the little readers can message the author this is incredible they can if they want to i would love to get emails from young folk that say hey miss kashan this book is great you know whatever they want to <laughs> yeah. say Awesome. And yeah, similarly for me, um, you can contact me through my website, lilyworkner.com or at under, uh, lily underscore works on all social media. Um, so yeah, I would also love to receive emails, notes, love notes, messages, um, just hearing how you all are receiving the book. And um, yeah, thank you all for your time and helping us to celebrate Black Girl Magic. Thank you for sitting down and talking with me and talking to our audiences about it. I really appreciate it. And if you would like to get a copy of the book, it's available at all major retailers. And I'll pop some links in as well. Awesome.